The following is a presentation of the incredible and Black Hollywood Live Networks. The following is a presentation of the Black Hollywood Live Network, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is Black Hollywood Live, breaking into. Featuring in-depth interviews with today's most influential entertainment figures, highlighting their tips, tricks, and techniques on breaking into the entertainment industry. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host of Black Hollywood Live, breaking into. Hey everyone, you're watching Breaking Into. I'm Dario Kristen, and here joining me is Jessica King. Hello. Our very special guest today, he is an entertainment lawyer who represents top actors, filmmakers, and WWE stars. Robert Galarza is with us today. How are you doing, Robert? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Thank you for having me. We are great. Thank you for coming in on this Friday. Yeah, no worries. No busy worries. schedules. Uh, busy schedules. You know, it's 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 a cra- it's a crazy Friday as always. You know, it is. But it's always funny. I, I, it's always one of those where you're like, oh, you, you know, half an hour from this point over here, and then you're like, oh yeah, it's Friday. That's uh, 45 minutes. <laughs> Nothing's hour, over half hour an hour, hour <laughs> in LA. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then they and then they, they they've gotten in this new mode of like shut, deciding to shut down freeways, just like ah, you know, we're gonna sh- shut shut down like oh, the, every freeway headed west. Or they do south, randomly or like. In the yeah, middle yeah. of the afternoon. I think there's some like master puppeteer that overlooks the city and just laughs when things happen. I know, right? <laughs> I think so. oh, there's a here. mastermind plan. Cool yeah, job. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you thought you were going to get home. <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, thank you for joining us. We Absolutely. definitely are really entertained and, and loving your career and what you've been doing. Um, you are, you know, you're a muggle. You are the man. You are, <laughs> you are like the big guy in entertainment law Hollywood big wig Hollywood big wig I you know I'm hustling man I'm hustling it's uh it's a crazy how I even got here is a crazy road you know and and I think that when you when people when people talk about exactly how you know how you get to where you know how how do you how did you get to to position B from A and it's never a straight line mm-hmm. it's always like well I went through M and P and Q and Z and X and W and then somehow I ended up at B um, between A and B, like that, that's kind of how, jungle gym. how it the goes, yeah. And you know, and, and I've been, I'm, I'm been fortunate, blessed enough to be, or cursed enough to be around, uh, <laughs> pretty much around this industry my whole life. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, and and not obviously not in within the industry, but I've, uh, you know, family's been in the industry since I was a little kid, and and it gives you good perspective on on how it works. And then, and then of course, man, I, you know, I always tell people, I said, life is about. You know, people tell you, you jump off the cliff and your wings will appear. And I'm like, yeah, and sometimes they don't. Yeah. And you hit the ground. And you and, fall. Yeah, and you, you hit fall. the ground and you get up and you dust yourself off and you climb back up the cliff and you do it again. And you, you, you know, the, the key is to, you know, focus on, you know, um, doing it the right way, doing it with integrity. Um, honesty and, and, and integrity and honor are, are things that I think people take for granted um, in, in business, especially in our business. And so when people ask, like, how did you, how did you get these opportunities? It's like, well... I stay true to my roots, which was always to be an honest person, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, and look, along the way to success, you're gonna you're gonna piss some people off. Like like, it's just gonna happen. You're, you're gonna make enemies. It, yeah. it, you know, there's there's no hips ands or buts about it. But the the purpose is to understand that you know that it's you try not to make enemies. Your collateral damage exists as a part of the, the process. Um, but as long as you can try to stay true and stay you know stay that that course to the best of your abilities um, and try to set expectations appropriately, you end up in usually in a better position than a worse one, quite yeah. honestly. So. Well, a lot of people dream of your career and just being in entertainment. Like fr- from a young age, did you always know that that was going to be kind of the start of the business for you, that you were going to end up in entertainment? Uh, yes and no. Um, 
you know, the entertainment industry, is, as you guys know, um, and as most people in the business know, it's 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 a it's like that weird. Um, yeah, it's like kind of like the mafia, right? It's kind of like yeah, you, it is. You get in and you try to leave, and they pull you back in, and mm -hmm. you try to leave, and they pull you back in because it's it's a very challenging industry, and and uh, and and along the way, you're getting your teeth kicked in a lot, and um, and I certainly you know took my my series of lumps along the way, and then more traditional life, you know, ends up trying to pull you back. So, um, and I grew up in I grew up out here in, in uh, Southern California when I was a kid, and then my dad flew for uh, American Airlines, which is based in Texas, so. We got pulled back to Texas, and I moved into Austin, Texas, which, of course, is luckily an entertainment hub it is. in its music own. Music City. Yeah, Music City yeah. Uh, in its own, and so my roots are, are Austin-based. Um, and so, but it's it's enough of a, still a stable city that does other businesses that right. you're always kind of like, well, maybe it'd be easier if you did, you know, advertising or did, uh, you know, uh, sports media or did something else. And so, I, you know, I kept kind of diving off um, in various capacities, and my, my road was very, really interesting. I mean, I, I grew up... Um, my my cousin, uh, my first cousin, um, I'm half Spanish, half Irish. So, my mother's side, all Irish. So, my mm -hmm. cousin's a, an actor named Thomas Wilson Brown. Uh, he was cast in Silverado as oh, wow. Augie, who was a little boy in Silverado. Yeah. And then he was the uh, Russ Thompson in Honey I Shrunk the Kids. So oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. If you're, I, I think I just awesome. saw that movie yeah. a couple yeah. weeks back. <laughs> yeah. So if you're if you're a woman between the ages of 28 and like 45, you were probably in love with my cousin <laughs> for a period of time. And uh, and he's still one of my he's one of my clients. Um, and still acting, phenomenally talented guy. Um, and he's he's had his his uh, you know fair share of of life setbacks, you know, it's not, it's like part of it is people talk about like industry setbacks, but then other stuff happens in life too. That just makes life hard to just keep towing the, the road of like, of being able to just keep doing auditions and keep going through the process. And, and so, um, you know, but we've been, I've been around this business for a long time and in a background, you know, it's like, in, you know, what do you do when you're, you're, you're your cousin's a, you know, movie star and you're, you're seven, eight, nine, ten years old, you become an actor. So yeah. um, I was trained in, in acting for pretty much most of my you know, young life, and both in front of the camera and on stage. And then um, I came out here in my early 20s after I graduated from college um, and kind of got in front of the camera a little bit. Um, didn't like, for me, I'm, um, I'm not saying I'm a control freak, but I like being able to have some sense of direction to where my life's going. And yeah. It's a, you know, I, I feel for my clients, man, it's a vulnerable position when your entire livelihood is built upon trying Other to people <laughs> uh, yeah and yeah and I, yeah. I try to tell people it's like look casting directors they want you to be the answer trust me like like they just trying to check the name off the box and they want you to be the right one but it's hard i mean when you have i've written films and i've worked i've produced films and you know when you're producing or you're writing or, or working with directors like there's you always have an image in your mind of that character right so when they walk in and it's I mean, there's oftentimes they'll walk in it. Oh, it's them, and you see them, and you're like, yeah. And they perform, and you're like, it's not them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, or, or vice versa. You know, you won't. You'll be like, it's not. Though. This person's not right. And then you'll see them perform, and you, it'll they'll transform into that character. And you're like, oh my god, I never saw it in that light. And that's exactly what we need. Um, and that's why you, you got to keep persistent because it's a, yeah. it's a numbers mm -hmm. game, you know. And so, but at the time, I, I man, I just wasn't quite ready to to, to do, toe that line. At. So I ended up behind the camera. And got into uh, independent film production, um, you know, PA, you know, assistant PA, just kind of like running around, assistant production manager. Um, when I first came out here, and this was like, it was like early 2000s. So um, I'm in my mid 30s. So it was like, you know, 2000, 2001. And what you told your real age? <laughs> yeah, right, right. In Hollywood? I'm not an actress. I'm not an actress. I'm not lie. I, and I'm like, I, I can always. Stars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, like, I'm not in front of the camera, so I, I can say whatever I want. Um, no, but it's it's funny. So back and back then, the the independent independent market really wasn't substantive. So it's you know it's, it's hard. You start to learn, 
you go through process of production, you know, you're running around, you know, trying to quiet dogs at three o'clock in the morning, yeah. bags of beef jerky, and then you're trying to like watch for airplanes and stuff in here in LA. And then those movies, you work and you scrimp and you, you know, you go through the process and then they never see the light of day. And it's better now. The market's changed. Um, but back then it was tough. And so yeah. I realized, I was like, okay, um, if I want to do this, I need, I need more skill set. I need, I need more tools. And, and then I actually went back to Texas because I got married and, and, um, and that, that ended too. I mean, the, the, you know, the, everybody goes through these chapters and lives. Um, and so I went back to Texas for a while, worked in the advertising industry and the sports industry and kind of across the board. And then, you know, really for me, it was like, you know, I, 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 I wanted to go to law school, um, really not to become a lawyer, right? It was, it was it not to not become a lawyer, but it was just to, my process of learning was, I'm going to go in with my mind to be able to take in and learn about the world. I felt like, I felt like, like lawyers were given tools that allowed them to handle the world as a whole easier, right? It's like, yeah. it's like you learn the secret code of the rules. Yeah. Um, and I took, I took that, you know, kind of philosophy into it and, uh, I was fortunate enough. It was. It's a. That's a crazy world, by the way. I mean, I, I come from an artistic background. My mother was a ballet producer, um, and so I grew up kind of around the stage and around artists. And my dad was a pilot, which is a very wow. you know, alternative life as yeah. well. And my parents were always two split extremes. Up. Yeah, and my yeah. parents were always split up. So yeah. I lived you know, half the year with my mom, half the year with my dad. I had just crazy childhood, and um, so this whole like competitive world of of law was very very unique. And then it's a weird thing. You walk in and there's, you know, you meet 300 people or 350 people or something's more, and you're like, I'm competing against every single one of you um, for the next three years, and and it's weird. It and then you see 20% of them just fail away the first year, and then you just see attrition start to take take hold, and and it's it's a real pressure cooker that first year. But it, it kind of it hardens you in a lot of ways. Um, and I think what's good for me coming back in the industry kind of hardened. Um, but when I came back, it was similar. It was like I. I wanted to produce and I wanted to do some other things and, and, um, and, you know, and I, 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 once I made those, accomplished those things, I was like, eh, I really like, I really like being able to represent people. I like being there to use my school's skills to help people. You know, it's like, I think it was Will Smith that said, it's like, you, if you're not, if you're not making someone's life better in this life, you're wasting your time. Yeah. And, and it's so true, man. I mean, it's like if, if every day you're not taking steps that not only you're improving your life, but the life of others. And that's where, you know, I think a lot of people, when you ask what the secret is to, to breaking into business and succeeding in this business, you have to understand it's a, it's a collaborative business. You have mm -hmm. to understand that you're working with and for the people with you, you know, so as opposed to I'm working for myself, you know. And then, like, at the start of, of you kind of changing cycles of going from advertising business to law, what was kind of that defining moment where you were like, you know what, this is the element that I need to venture off into on the side of my career? It was kind of crazy, actually. I was, so, uh, <laughs> two stories. Um, I, was in, I was in law school, and what happens when you go to law school, too, is it becomes hyper-competitive in that world, and, and nobody else is wanting to do entertainment law, by the way. I mean, because it's, it's a crazy business to get into. It's not nearly as lucrative as like you know your corporate laws or you know some of these big these guys are making like five hundred thousand dollars a year and stuff. This so is that's a, a misconception because a lot of people think, think that, that entertainment Hollywood, law you get yeah. the Hollywood you get the big budgets, right. big dollars. Yeah, exactly. You know? No, no, no. I mean, I mean, trust me. We if we if you do well, you can do well. But let's 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 be quite frank. Here. I mean, the, the heavy firms make their money because they have a, coll a collection of really hundreds to thousands of clients. Uh, you know, and maybe some of those are heavy clients you're making a lot of money off of, but you know, when you're making a contingency percentage or when you're doing, uh, when you're doing a production work on production council, or you can't charge, you know, you're not charging a thousand dollars an hour, like yeah. you're charging a corporation. And so these partnerships, you know, I worked for some firms that did, you know, commercial litigation when I was in law school and 
and those guys, those they charge like, you know, they're charging like thousand dollars an hour, fifteen hundred dollars an hour. Wow. I mean, they're making literally like they're making like like like, and and they, these companies are, are are paying it because they they need these guys' skills mm -hmm. to defend claims that are sometimes you know substantively larger. Um, or you know, I, I was I worked for a firm that they won a lawsuit against Walmart for, I think they're they're they were plaintiff counsel and they won. It took them like five years to do it, but six hundred forty-seven million dollars. Wow. And the then they paid it. Yeah, Walmart's like, okay, well, here you go, here's a check, and it was crazy. Um, so this was definitely not the route that other people were taking. So what I found was, you end up kind of going in the the same traditional route, like the same you kind of take the same gigs and stuff. And then two things happened. One, I was working for a shop. Uh, I, was, I was very fortunate. I did, I did really well in law school, and so I got a lot of opportunities for paid gigs, uh, or paid positions as a law clerk, and 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 um, working in various firms in Austin. And uh, I was working at this this firm, and I met this you know met this attorney, and I was working for him, and really nice guy, um, super hardworking. But he was he was super stressed out. He looked like he looked like he was 50 years old. He was bald, he overweight, and the whole thing, and just you just saw him, just the stress and strain yeah. on his body and his eyes. And he was two years older than I was. Wow. And it was that realization. I was like, mm, mm, don't want to be him. <laughs> yeah, like maybe that's not the career for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, wait a minute. I, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. And I knew where my heart always was. As much as you fight it, you know, when you yeah. have a love for this business, it's it's just it's going to pull you back in. And then and then my cousin called me, and he's like, he's like, hey, you know, let's. I want to do something with you. And so we, you know, we started doing some uh, kind of, you know, we started putting some stuff together. And that's when I got into back into production and I got back into, I started getting into, into uh, executive production and financing, right? Mm -hmm. So, started, and I was still in law school when this was happening, uh, but I had a business acumen that was substantively larger. So then, and then, you know, and then, man, you, and then you cut your teeth in, in financing and uh, on the financing side of, of film, especially independent film, and you, you, you learn a lot. You <laughs> learn a lot about people. You learn a lot about the realities of this business. And, and the, these are truths that not a lot of people want to hear. Right. And, um, and that's where I exist now in that space. I can work in a space where I can, I can cut through a lot of stuff faster. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it's like you, it's hard because filmmakers, they, they never want to hear this. They never want to hear that, you know, you got, you, you got to think about how you're going to sell the film first. Yeah. They always think, you know, I, always, I, I sat down, I was, I was, a, I was having, um, I was waiting out traffic the other day. And I, w I stopped to have a beer at a bar. And there was a, the guy, you know, the gentleman who was the bartender was, a, you know, it's Hollywood, right? It was, he's an actor, actor, I'm assuming. Or right. Actor, director, or filmmaker. <laughs> yeah. So he started talking about, oh, I can, I can get $100,000, make this movie, and I got access to cameras, and access to this and that. And I'm like, okay, great. I said, but you're going to lose all that money. Like, the reality of, of raising $100,000, just because you have the equipment and can, can do it, doesn't mean you should do it. Now, but there's a better way. Use that. You can use that money to leverage yourself into getting better talent that can give you better opportunity, that can give you a project that's actually sellable. And now if you can understand the selling part of it and the marketing part of it before you ever go into production, now you're treating it more like a real company. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's a f the, the, the tricky part about, a, about this business. A lot of people, look, uh, Hollywood is, is we're, 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 a, we're a land of dreams, right? We sell the dream to the rest of the world, as we should. But, you know, as I, I my, my favorite metaphor is, I'm a metaphorical person, I love metaphors. <laughs> uh, my favorite metaphor is, Hollywood's a lot like Hollywood Boulevard, right? So you drive down Hollywood Boulevard, and they got they put glitter in the streets, and mm. the lights are all Light. over the sides <laughs> of the walls. Everything looks pretty. And everything looks pretty, and the tourists are taking pictures of it all, and at the same time, you have the homeless people, and it smells kind of like urine, and it's kind of like... <laughs> yeah. you know, the so contrast. Those, yeah, so those of us who lived here for a long time, we're like, yeah, it's uh, Hollywood, Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, and it's kind of the same way in this business in that we sell it to the rest of the world, is that this is where you come to get rich and get famous and everything else. But when you work in this world, you sort of realize it's a business like any other, yeah. and mm -hmm. it's a great business. It's a... Like, 
it's it, it's a business like any other, but it's not like any other, right? right. And it's I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world, but at the same time, it's people have to take it with a level of respect, right? And, and I think I think when people when people come at it very with a uh, a level of malaise or this lackadaisical attitude of I'm just going to be I'm just going to be uh, I, I love I love the saying I'm going to be I'm going to be found I'm going to be discovered yeah and I'm like by who yeah because if I'm discovering you I'm going to find a way to make money off of you right so I'm not really discovering I'm exploiting you so it's two ways to look at the coin instead you should look at it as Yes, I want to be discovered for what merit I bring to this business, mm-hmm. and I respect this business. And if I respect this business, then it will respect me back. But if I don't treat it with any level of respect, then I don't deserve any success. Well, taking a step back um, to law school, because you went to law school six years after you finished undergrad. Yep. And you actually initially studied advertising, and you had a minor in business, and you worked in those industries for a while and then went back to school. So a lot of people, you know, have a dream of something that might require additional schooling, but are sometimes a little too scared to kind of take that step back. What is your advice for people like that who do want to pursue something else, but are just not, don't have the courage to jump right in? Yeah, totally. Um, you know, I, I, my advice is, uh, well, first of all, you're, you're going to, um, two things will happen when you dive back. You're going to, you've got to, you've <laughs> You've got to do everything you can to like substantively support your your own ego, and I mean that in a way where you don't. Um, all of a sudden, everybody's much younger than you, and a lot of them are smarter than you, and still younger than you, and now you're competing in a world where you kind of feel like you uh, you may have missed a window, mm-hmm. yeah. And so you feel like you got to play catch up. Um, the thing is, is that look at the end of the day, you do, and at the beginning of every day, there's only two people th- that you have to answer to in this life. And it's the person who's staring at you in the mirror when you get up in the morning and the person who's staring at the mirror when you go to bed at night, which mm-hmm. is basically all just one you. person, which is <laughs> you, right? So because of that, you have to you have to decide if it's for you. You can't go about it in in the way of this is um, this is the answer to my prayers, right? A lot of people are like, well, I'm going to change course because this is the answer to make my life better. And yes, it's your answer to make your life better and that you're going to gain value. You're going to gain knowledge. You're going to gain tools. But that's not... That in itself is not enough. It's mm. like when people ask, like, how do you break in the entertainment industry? You're becoming an entertainment lawyer, right? How do you break in and be an entertainment lawyer? What makes you different than any other lawyer? Yeah. Not that I'm a better lawyer than everybody else. I'm a really good lawyer. Don't get me wrong. Um, I have my, my skill sets that are really strong, but I hustle mm-hmm. all the time. It's part of the business. I have two yeah. phones, and both of them are still buzzing right now. I mean, that's <laughs> just it's just the way <laughs> it works. It's, it's the old the money never sleeps, and this industry doesn't either. Right. Like it's, you've got to like have this drive that, that's beyond. So then for those people that are saying, okay, I'm going to go back, all right, go back. Go back hungrier mm-hmm. with a greater sense of like commitment. And if you do that, then what will happen is even though you're a little older and it's been a little bit longer and you've got other things, like you know, I, when I was in law school, I, I was married too. Um, and and um, you know, and then and what happens with anything in life, like people, your paths change, right? right. You know, and, and such is life, say lovey. But when you go through that process, all of a sudden you got whole new responsibilities and you got mortgages and car payments and yeah. all that mm-hmm. stuff. And you're still going to law school against kids that are like 23. They're like, ah, my dad pays for everything and I'm on a trust fund. Yeah. And, <laughs> and what you do is you just, you dedicate yourself to the work. And when you dedicate yourself to the work, all of a sudden you go, you do start doing this. Yeah. And, and, and you really start doing that. And it's amazing how, how fast that happens. And. And, and trust me, for those that are looking to go back to whether it be law school, medical school, or graduate school, like two years, three years, four years, it's not that much time in the grand scheme of your life, right. you know, really. Um, and you, the experiences you have in that chapter 
are so worth it Priceless, anyways. Yeah, yeah, memories, man. I got crazy, you know, great memories along the way. And, you know, like, like I trust me, I'm I'm on the I'm working my tail off to make millions of dollars and all that. I have great success on that. But the reality is, like, my experiences, my memories are the most fun. You know, and, they're the most valuable. Yeah, and yeah. The, you know, my memories making both producing or even representing talent. I mean, you know, you represent guys like Rampage Jackson, you represent guys like Chavo Guerrero. These yeah. these guys, like, we make fun memories. And the reason they the reason we have such good relationships is. You know, I f- these guys are my. These, I care about my clients. I they're they're not just clients to me. They're they're family. They're 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 there's a closer bond. You, you you start to develop these these really personal relationships with these guys, and you know you've got to keep a sense of of understanding of that there are ethical obligations and loyalties you can have to create a line for, and their responsibilities as an attorney. You have to you have to maintain. It is your duty to maintain them. But at the same time, you have to care about your people. Yeah. You know, I mean, so. that's what you were saying. All the business is about is relationships. You can't exactly. advance without a, a prominent relationship. Exactly. Now, I know also you started your own law office of Robert Galarza. Mm-hmm. And now for people who would like to maybe follow in those footsteps, what, what kind of advice or steps would you give to someone who is interested in that? Yeah, um, it, that's tough. Um, I, 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 had, I, I had my own little kind of operation for a little while. Um, and uh, it was fine. I had a handful of clients, and I, I did it kind of uh, something that, that I, I did while I was still producing uh, films as well. Um, for the people that are wanting to do that, um, they go for it, right? Go for it, structure the right way. But before you dive into it, make sure you can handle all of the other administrative sides of business, especially in the legal field. I mean, one of the things that we, we have a, a necessity to maintain certain things um in terms of both your ethical duties and your uh the you know various bar you know uh state bars and and i'm 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 a texas licensed attorney so i work primarily all the work that i do is is i don't do any specific california laws i don't i don't do I, people come to me at california no, 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 no. I, I work but we you know i work in a capacity where you know my clients work with me you know knowing that, that i my texas office and things i do out there um the thing is, because there's all these administrative things you have to take care of, you have to tend to get all that, get your house in order before yeah. you take that leap. Um, I, you know, I was lucky enough. I'm lucky enough now to be be uh, basically working in conjunction with uh, a California shop um, that's able to handle anything California specific um, for our people, um, and I'm you know I'm, I'm able to, to do the things I need to do. But you know, it's it's tough unless you've got unless you can dedicate yourself to be able to handle the the other administrative things like yeah. and marketing and website development mm-hmm. and you know being able to respond to the email inquiries and you know your billing and you know all the administrative processing and stuff like that in the beginning it's really it's really hard um, usually I would say try to go in it with a couple people um, if you're totally on your own solo understand business before you really go into it um, get get the financing you need you know when you yeah. go in and get your loan that's important don't ever sell yourself short you know it's like it's like any other business like so many people are like oh maybe i can do it for like 30,000 i'm like well yeah but <laughs> just get 50,000 and get it done right you know or just get 100,000 to make sure you can pay your rent and and you're you know you because you're going to you're going to struggle um, for for a long time to be able to get um, clients in any level at any capacity and sometimes it's just it's somewhat luck yeah I mean, but it's not i mean it's luck but look I, I have a massive Rolodex in this business, and that's and 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 a large portion of that Rolodex is people that I have great relationships with because it's not about who I know; it's how it's do they know me, right? Will that's they, what they say: is who knows you versus who that's you a good, know. Yeah. Yeah. Will they take your call, yeah. right? And are they, do they look at your phone like many of us? Oh God, this guy again, you know? And does, do you get the click on the top of the iPhone, <laughs> right. or do you get the slide? <laughs> the sliding, right? Yeah, that's the key. Because <laughs> the click is easier. <laughs> the click is yeah, easier. Isn't it? Like, oh, nope. <laughs> now, what are the benefits that you would say of Working for a firm versus starting your own firm. 
or practice? Uh, the benefits, you know, the benefits of, of working for a shop is they've they've already perfected the the business side of it, right? The non legal side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're just coming if, if you're just coming out of law school, there's no other way to go. You you're not. It took me you know it took me it took me years before I was able even to take that step um, because I'd done it enough and I because I worked for a firm for a couple of years and I I had done that road too. Um, you, you can't just dive out on your own. If you I mean you can. I'm not saying you can't. Any, anything can happen. Any, anything can happen. But it's really hard because you're just so green to um, to how the business really works, right? So it's not just a matter of like you may know the law or no may the law works in the entertainment industry. Look, in the entertainment industry, we don't we're we're not we don't do any sort of it, well. There's two different kinds of law, right? There's transactional law, and then there's 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 litigation. And there's an entire run of oh, entire school of uh, people who are entertainment litigators, right? Mm-hmm. And and they're really good at what they do. I do no litigation. I do not step anywhere near a courtroom, <laughs> and I never will. Um, I, I'm a transactional attorney, so okay. all I do is it's all negotiation of contracts. Mm-hmm. And and in a lot of ways, it's 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 almost like being a negotiator, right? A professional negotiator. Rather than a uh, rather than even an attorney per se, yeah. um, I mean you, you have to be one to do the other. But I mean you have to be an attorney to, to become a professional negotiator. But that's pretty much what I do. Is I'm there to facilitate getting deals done and helping get deals done. Um, there's two different kinds of lawyers in this world, um, in this industry specifically, even on transactional. There are those that I call deal makers and those I call deal killers. Mm. Right, and there's two ways to go about your business. The thing is, is that we have a, a duty to what we call what they call is zealously advocate for the positions of our clients, right? It's our responsibility to make sure we're watching every 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 T and every I for our clients' needs, and that's that's a that's a that is a, a, a duty I take incredibly seriously. But at the same time, killing a deal in this business doesn't do your client any good at any level. A, you're, you're, a, you're killing the income that's coming in, and B, you're killing the potential exposure your client's going to get in a positive way. So if it's a good project, it, it's all, I always look at it this way. If I can get my client into a project, or I, I, can, I can help facilitate getting a deal done where that particular client is getting good exposure, where they're sh- showcasing, it's in, increasing the brand value that, that's been cr- created and set by the team and by you know, the management team, agency team, and like all the, all the, the players that are at the table – and on top of that, or it's not it's not hurting the brand in any way, mm-hmm. and it's not overcommitting them in terms of their schedule. Then it's almost just a pure win, right? And no matter what the money is. Now, that being said, our job is to increase value for our clients, right? And then our clients' value increases, and we're able to negotiate better because, let's face it, you know they're always going to lowball us. It's, mm-hmm. it's Hollywood. They, this is what we right. do, right? It so, just is what happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, but at the same time, you, you uh, if you, you, you know, with a, you know, you, you fight for things. So when you're when you're first coming to law school, you don't understand the, quite those rules yet. Mm-hmm. So going back to your your question, is it better to go for a firm or for on your own? It depends. If you're going for if you're going into a shop that's just putting you behind a desk and making you bill hours and 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 making you make comp money for the firm which hey look it's a business right you get they got to make money they got to pay for all the overhead and other things if that's if that's the path they're putting you on and you're not working you're not being tutored along the way by a, by a senior attorney who's really taking you under his wing like and showing mentor. you the games mm-hmm. showing you the rules of the game and showing you look this is cuz this 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 industry is unlike any other if you're if you're an entertainment attorney in this business you 
you have to be able to navigate waters that you don't normally navigate in any other business because yeah. it's mm-hmm. just not as it's just not as black and white in this world as it is in other 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 arenas because so much of it is built upon like I said relationships yeah and so you know it, you've got to be able to facilitate those relationships and you know I, I've met some incredible incredible seasoned I mean I I have I have I have um, role models in this business and I have people that I look up to and I have people that you know, look I have people that you know are like like yeah that guy is the kind of you know lawyer I want to I want to uh, attain to be mm-hmm. and a lot of those guys they, they produce they do law they manage they and kind of what you know it's my background it's like yeah. the same thing yeah. kind of kind of facilitating multiple things all within ethical bounds obviously you know all within the rules but well, you've talked a little bit about your producing side of things, um, and you've managed to successfully merge two very different businesses with entertainment law and film production. What are some of the biggest challenges that you've faced with doing both of those professions? The biggest problem with, the, well, the hardest part with film production is, um, like anything else, I mean, y- your biggest issue is, and, well, in this business is always money. Um, no, but it's, in truth, it's, it's uh, with film production, it's, it's, trying to get you know it's trying to maintain that business sense along with being able to maintain in a, a creative integrity right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so create really good valuable products that are also artistically doing good things for the world right yeah. and at the same on the same turn being able to make sure that you know you are staying eth- you're staying obligated to your investors right mm-hmm. so one of the biggest challenges you face as a as well one of the biggest you don't face a lot of challenges on the production side of being a, being a business attorney, like, and, and, or I mean, being an entertainment attorney and in producing, it actually makes your life easier to produce because you know the rules so much easier. Yeah. The harder part is being a producer and being an entertainment lawyer because now, because you know the rules and you know you can't break them, you can't do these, these, you know, wishy-washy deals. You can't right. like, oh, don't worry about the investor. <laughs> you have to like, like, not only are you legally obligated to, but now mentally your brain goes, this is gonna turn into this, and you can see, you can see the trouble brewing on the horizon, and because that's what we're trained to do, right? Mm-hmm. You see it so much that you, you see so many of these cases, scenarios where trouble ends up down the road that you look down the road, and you're like, oh god, this is gonna end up there, and so now when you're producing, it's it's um, there's there's always an old I've, I've good friend of mine is a uh, movie producer who's been producing independent films for a long time and he always says look everything is great if everyone's in on the joke right? <laughs> especially in the independent film world yeah and the thing is is that he, it's true um but the hard part is is if you are the guy that knows that there's no punchline to the joke and as a business as an entertainment lawyer like you can see where the trouble is going to end up it makes you hard to be in on the joke um in terms of being able to get do you get the deal done when legal? I mean, ethically, you, you can't, and you shouldn't. Like that's the hard part is you have to. You, you can't just. You you can no longer sit there and just say, "Well, I didn't know. I was yeah. naive." There's no plausible deniability when you go into when you're producing an independent film if you have an understanding of the kind of things that can go wrong. And and look, but the truth of the matter is, you shouldn't be producing if you're the kind of person that that doesn't care about what your in, investors are going to get right. back. You got to have a heart. Yeah. yeah, and well, and the truth of the matter, you're going to have a short career. Yeah. I mean, you know, so it's you want to have those people that are supporting you, keep supporting you. And how do you go about picking the projects that you choose to either work on or represent talent from? How do you go about making that selection? So there's a couple things when you're when you're representing when you, when you're representing talent um, and and reviewing projects. You now you don't I mean, we don't review projects or go out and procure work like our agents do. But look, we're a part of the team, and like with 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 a couple of my guys, there's kind of more of a man, almost like a managerial role in a lot of ways too. Um, that you that you take on, and because you're there to counsel, right? You're, you're the needs of your client. 
and because I've produced and because I've, you know, because I've seen thousands of scripts, really bad ones and really great <laughs> ones, uh, I'm asked to review projects sometimes too and give my opinion uh, uh, as a friend, right? Right. Uh, not, you should do this, don't do this. But, you know, so there's two things you look at. Is this thing going to be able to hit the open market? Um, is it going to promote and push your brand the right way? And does it do all the things that a story should do, right? Mm -hmm. Look, at the, the truth of the matter is the, the, every film or every television show that has been successful in the history of this business, with the exception of a, of a couple, has one significant key factor that it is fluid through all of them. And it is that the characters themselves are able to showcase human characteristics in such a way that it connects with the audience, mm -hmm. right? You can connect on an emotional level with those people that you're seeing on screen. And that's, that's what the art form is, right? If it's a comedy, you laugh with them or at them because there's some semblance of, in your own life, I've seen that or I've done that or I've thought that or my brain went that way. Or, oh my gosh, I mean, the great comedians are the guys that are observational comics, right? They, uh, they, they point out the funniest things in life, yeah. right? And the truths, the hard truths about relationships, about, <laughs> about uh, you know, work, about this business, about whatever, right? So in the same with, you know, action films. It's this kind of like gritty, tough aspect of, oh, if I could, you know, if somebody did me wrong, I'd want to be able to do that like that. If, if it's a drama, it's, it's the, the pulling the emotional heartstrings and, and the most powerful films, in, you know, some of, those, you know, some of the, the most, we all know, like, take the Godfather series. I mean, the, the two first two, um, <laughs> of the three. You, yeah, when I say series, I mean the two. Um, <laughs> you take, you take, take those films and, and it, you know, at, at the crux, they were not a gangster film. Yeah. Right? They were a, a film about family. Mm -hmm. And it's that family connection is what made audience is really connected. So when I look at projects, I look at that first. Yeah. And then next I look at the team. Is this a professional team that's going to get this film on screen for my client to be able to be represented, right? The worst thing is when somebody takes on a project and they work their tail off and they put their heart and soul into it and it never sees the light of day, mm -hmm. right? It's because now, yeah, you got to check for it, but it doesn't do any good for your career progressively. I mean, my, um, to go back to my cousin, he signed, a, he had a deal with, with Disney. He had a uh, multi-picture deal at one point. I and mean, this is back in the 80s, too, when they did these kind of deals. Oh, I'll pick, you know, we'll do a couple movies with you and we'll lock you down. Like, like the five-picture yeah, deal. Yeah, five-picture deal and stuff. Yeah. But back in the day, you know, we'll, we'll do, and, and they never made the movies. I mean, and you get paid and you're fine. I mean, not like you're getting, you know, you're Shut left up. out. But the, if you don't have, if you don't have stuff for your reel, if you don't have exposure on screen, if you don't, you have to have both, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So if you don't have a team that's that's competent enough to do that, or worse than that, you have usually one party in that that thinks that they can do it all themselves. That's the those are the worst people. Are the yeah. ones. It's not the ones. The ones that are the most dangerous people are the ones that are naive enough and egotistical enough to believe that they can do everything themselves. Mm -hmm. They're the, they're the worst. The ego and fear are the two biggest enemies in this business. Right. And ego is the one right there that just you go, wow, you, you know, those are the, like the, I love the people that fight for credits. Like yeah. I'm always like, nobody pays attention that deeply except yeah. for in the industry. Like you really think the That's audience true. cares that much. Yeah. So true. at the end of the day, get your movie made. If you got to throw an extra producer credit to Joe Blow to get the movie up on screen, I really do don't it. think they're going <laughs> to just do it. Attention. Make it happen. Yeah. Just get, let's get it done. You know, it's always one of those, like, get it done, put it up on screen move on to the next one and make another movie. And it's like with writers and producers, directors are like this too, where it's like, if you only have one project, if it's your baby, you know, first of all, if it's your baby, save it for 10 years into your career. Yeah. But if you only have one project and that's the one that you're holding on to so tightly, 
then you need to not be in this business because mm-hmm. you're, you're not really in this business. You're now an auteur, and that's great. But doing that doesn't allow you to substantively continue to do the things you need to do to get it done, which means sacrificing, as they say with writers, it's, it's killing your babies, right? Yeah. So, which mm-hmm. is, sorry for the term, but it's what they say <laughs> for writers, right? And it's, it's, it's getting rid of those things that you put your heart and soul into as a writer. As a writer or a director, you have to be able to do that. So it's always maintaining that understanding. And if you don't have that, if you don't have that attitude about about the business, then you you're gonna have a hard time succeeding for the long term in this business. Our time's cut a little bit short today, but where can fans find you on social media outlets if they want to ask you additional questions yeah. or just find out more what you're working on next? Where, yeah. where can they find uh, you? You can find me on Twitter. Um, my initials are RM and my last name is Galarza, G-A-L-A-R-Z-A. Um, I'm also, you can connect through me through um, a couple of my guys, Mex Warrior and then Rampage Jackson as well. Go from there. Cool. Well, thank Very you cool. for tuning into Breaking Into. I'm Dario Kristen along with Jessica King. Jessica, where can your fans find you? Find me on Twitter at I am Jessica King. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dario Kristen. And uh, we will see you next time. Thank you. From producers Maria Menunos, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.